Welcome, my friend. You are listening to Read Clean YA with CJ, the podcast for teens and young adults who want to explore exciting worlds, deep themes, and epic stories without the objectionable content. I'm your host, award-winning young adult author, CJ Malacy, and in this episode, we are going to dive into an author interview with my fellow young adult author, Victoria Lynn. Victoria Lynn has an insatiable desire for truth, light, and beauty, and has always sought to find them in story. Joining the indie scene at the age of 18 with her debut novel, she has been writing and publishing ever since. She seeks to bring the life-giving words of the Savior to a dark and broken world that desperately needs to know his sacrifice. A writing and publishing coach, best-selling author, seamstress, and creator, she loves spending her spare time traveling deep into the mountains and forests, surfing the ocean waves, spending time with her family, turning her two-acre plot into a homestead, or sewing gowns fit for a princess. She thinks perhaps she was once a woodland fairy, and her current greatest desire is to own a mini cow. Victoria, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. I know we're going to talk about stories, but first, a mini cow. I didn't know there was such a thing. There are mini cows? <laughs> yes, they are amazing. Basically, our plot of, of land is too small for an actual cow. And so I started researching mini cows, and now they're like my dream animal. They are super affectionate. They like make great pets. So yeah, there's more to like, I'm like, oh my gosh. I And they're also really, really cute. It's basically oh. like having a calf that stays that size for like ever. It's oh so sweet. my goodness. I had no idea they existed. I'm going to definitely be Googling pictures of mini cows after yes. we're done chatting. <laughs> definitely Google a mini Highland cow because it's okay. like a Scottish Highland, but it's mini. And it's so cute. Oh, okay. It's on my list. <laughs> so I am excited. <laughs> Moving on from mini cows, as fun as they are, I am so excited because we're going to be talking about your newest series, The Con- Chronicles of Alira. Am I saying that right? Uh, Alira. Yes. Alira. So super close. Sorry. <laughs> there we go. No, you're Chronicles fine. of Alira. And book one specifically, probably, but also talking about book two, which just came out. Book one is Once I Knew. And I would just love if you could share with our listeners a little about this series, about the books, and just kind of tell us about your world. Yeah, so the Chronicles of Alira is that I tell people it reads like alternative medieval history. Growing up, I was obsessed with, you know, like Robin Hood type stories. And there's very few of them out there that are clean or don't have a lot of magic systems in them. And so I really wanted to write it first and foremost, because I wanted to read it. And so once I knew the story in and of itself is about um, a farmer's daughter in a tyrannical government who finds a injured kingsman or soldier in the woods and her dilemma moral dilemma is do i take him in and put myself at risk or do i allow him to you know potentially his lose his life by leaving him out in the forest and so that's kind of how the story starts off and there are a lot of stakes for both of them with throughout the whole story so that's a little bit of in a nutshell what the story itself is i just started reading this book so i'm like right in the middle of that beginning finding the soldier the kingsman and kind of that dilemma and everything and watching her struggle through that is fascinating. And I love just the world that you built because it's so full and you have so many descriptions and so many interesting elements in it. You can just feel like that you've thought through this world immensely. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And the idea for the story, did it come because you love Robin Hood? Or is there another place that this particular series kind of birthed out of? 
Yeah. So when I was around 13, I actually started writing a book very much in the same vein and just vibe of it. And it was about a lost princess and and all the things in it, but it had all of the medieval elements that I absolutely loved. And so I've this type of story has been brewing for years and years. It's been about 14 plus years in the making. And so I started um, writing this particular story from a writing prompt that I posted on my blog. Gosh, I four or five years ago now, I think. Wow. Um, and I just loved it so much. And my brain, like I do writing prompts and they're very short and they're just usually snippets and scenes. And my brain just took the story and kept going with it. And so that first scene, one of the first scenes where she finds him in the woods was that writing prompt. And wow. so this book came out of that and it was only supposed to be a standalone and a one-off. But then the book that I was writing when I was 13 ended up fitting exactly in the book three slot for this series. So I'm actually, that's the book I'm writing right now. And so I'm completely rewriting the book that I wrote when I was 13, 14. That was basically my first completed novel. And so that actually the Lord allowed it all to fit perfectly within the series and mind blown moment. Like when I found out, like the Lord just dropped that info. It was about three quarters of the way through writing once I knew that again Uh was supposed to be a standalone. And I was just writing away and I think the Lord must have just tricked, like he was like, now's the time to like actually clue you into everything that's going on. And I feel like he just like flipped the switch and it all just fell into place. So it's been a really cool experience and I'm really excited because it feels like this whole series has been, like I said, 14 years in the making. It's been 14 years since I wrote that first draft of what's now book three. And so, yeah, it's just really, really exciting. And this, that, like you said, the world is very full and big and built out partially because it has been percolating for that long. Yeah, I love that. I think sometimes God puts like the seed of an idea in us and we think it's the full thing. We think Mm -hmm. this is like all that it's going to be and this story. And then it's so cool because that's like he planted that seed in when you were 13, 14 years old. And now years later, he's actually bringing it to life in a whole new way, probably with many changes to that first (laughs) original story (laughs) as you've grown as an author and like you understand story in a new way, I'm sure years later. But that is so cool. I love how he does that. Nothing is ever wasted with him. 100%. Yeah. So who do you think, like, if someone's like, I don't know if this is going to be my type of story or not, like, it's intriguing, but who do you think that the types of readers that would love your story? Like, are there tropes that they might love Mm -hmm. or elements that are similar to other books or stories? Yeah, I think these are definitely for people who love a little bit more of the slow burn romance, something that's not super in your face and all of the feels. It's more a little bit more background. Usually the romance is not the main plot. It takes a place alongside whatever main story plot is going on. It's also for people who love more introspective works, things that Mm. kind of dismantle thought processes and heart patterns and all of those things. And then it's also for the people who don't really jive with magical fantasy. I I know a lot of them. And that's something that I struggled with a lot is those worlds are amazing and incredible. And I love a lot of magical fantasy now, but at the time, like they're just so over the top. Sometimes it's hard Mm. to grasp all of the moving pieces. There's a lot of world building going on. And so this series, while it's fantasy in the sense that it's set in a different world and realm, it feels very familiar and it feels like, and it's something I think a lot of historical lovers would also like, because while it's not history, it has a lot of the same flavors. And so I feel like it's just like a really good mix of kind of marrying those two worlds of fantasy and historical and kind of putting them together in a really deep, powerful way. Just from starting the story, I can definitely see all the things that you're talking about being elements that people would enjoy. One of the things I love is deeper 
themes and I love kind of seeing characters thought processes through things mm-hmm. and you d- definitely have that woven into your story so if somebody wants to dig deep and really kind of know what each of your characters are thinking they will definitely love that I'm I'm sure so do you have a favorite speaking of characters do you have a favorite <laughs> character in your story I feel like it's like telling asking a mom to pick her favorite child but still yeah. you know we all kind of get like our characters that we love writing you know <laughs> yes for sure it's definitely hard to pick because I like them all for different reasons and you know especially POV characters you enter into their world so intimately that it's mm. hard not to you know, cling to them in a really special way in your heart. But I will say I kind of, when people ask that question, I usually pick a kind of out of the box character that not a lot of people, I don't know, would necessarily see coming. And you'll meet him a little bit later, but his name is Everard. And he's actually a side character and he never has a POV, but he is that, I don't know, he reminds me of my dad in some ways and just some of the people that have always made me feel the most safe in okay. like space. And so he is just that comforting presence and he actually doesn't talk a lot. And that's like one of my favorite gimmicks of his character is that he rarely speaks unless it's wildly important. And so getting to write him was really special because it's how do you write a character that doesn't talk like with dialogue. And so it's using body language and description and being able to just like describe the minutest facial expression and how that can relay emotion and relay words without saying them was a really cool challenge. But also, like I said, he's a character that I really resonate with that feels like that comfort character to me that like, I want to be best friends with this character and have him be my guardian angel. Like that's what I feel about him. It's fun to kind of pick the behind the scenes character sometimes as the favorite or the one to highlight in a moment like this when when someone asks you what's your favorite mm-hmm. character because they are the ones who can sometimes fall between the cracks because we often focus on the main ones. But yeah. those side characters and even those people in our lives, right, who kind of have a voice in our lives that is they're quieter. But when they speak, they're the ones we listen to because mm-hmm. we know they say things when it's important. So yes. um, I love that. I love that you have a character like that in your story. You are passionate about deeper themes. You're passionate, like even in your bio, you talk about wanting to bring the life-giving words of our Savior to a dark and broken world. So when you sat down with this this story, was there a theme or something that you really wanted to express within the pages of the story, or maybe even something that got pulled out as you were creating this world? Yeah. So once I knew specifically that story is really interesting how God walked me through the writing process because I started writing it and pushed really hard and went through a really rough personal season in my life just Mm -hmm. with work and everything. And it was really overwhelming. And it was during that period that he actually asked me to stop writing. And Mm -hmm. like as an author, I'm sure you can relate. It's like, this is what we feel like we're called to do. Like it's something that is so, and it becomes a personality. And I feel like he asked me, are you willing, this was a gift I gave you. Are you willing to trust me with it and give it back Mm -hmm. to me and let me hold on to it until if ever it's the time to give it back. And obviously the answer was yes, because I trust the Lord, but it was also like super hard to say yes, because that's like, again, that's something that is so dear to our hearts. So there was a three year period that this book was on hiatus. Like it was on, it was Mm -hmm. shelved for three full years before the Lord, like just life circumstances fell back into place and he opened up that season again. And it was such a beautiful testimony to me of how, like you said earlier, like nothing he does is wasted and how he used those three years of my life to really inform a lot of the themes that are. And once I knew the main character deals pretty heavily with anxiety and with fear. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I think we all can relate to experiencing 2020 and on of our world was just kind of exploded into a realm of possibilities that we didn't see coming. Everything that was status quo was kind of just 
taken away. And we've really, I feel like yeah. for me anyway, I got kind of down to the rawest format of, wow, like everything is crazy. And when the world is crazy, can I still trust you? And what mm. does that look like? And what does it look like to stand firm on my convictions and my beliefs, even if it goes against what, you know, culture says or against what the government is saying or against what the world is saying. So it was like all of these things kind of coming together. And that was something that really informed the final product of Once I Knew was realizing that everything, a lot of the stuff that I had written was things that a lot of people were going to be experiencing in that time period. Yeah. And that they needed to have that encouragement in and that of knowing what it's like to walk by the spirit, even when you're surrounded by a lot of chaos and the tyranny and whatever that looks like, whether it be in a personal relationship format or other things. And so getting to write that theme was really, really big to me of, like I said, sitting back down at a half finished novel and being like, wow, these themes were there the whole time. I just didn't yeah. see the full realization of them until now. And then the other theme of the other POV character being that redemption process of what it's like to have, you know, kind of fallen sway to your flesh and to the enemy and have walked away from the Lord or have never really truly experienced him. And then to witness that in someone else, say that I want it. And then what it looks like to have that redemption process of, wow, like, what does this look like for me? I also love how God brought you through a season where you stopped writing. I honestly can relate so well with that because he did the same thing with me. Mm. And it was really because I know he needed to teach me something. And it sounds like it was the same thing for you. And it's so amazing to me how he will do that with us. And he'll lead us into these other seasons to bring us back to the thing he's called Mm -hmm. us to do in his time. And if sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't bring us back to the same thing. And sometimes he brings us back and it's not really the same thing Mm -hmm, because we're so different, you know, but I think that when we experience those character arcs, I suppose we could say in our own lives, it's even more powerful when we can then write them in the stories. And Mm -hmm. I love the courage in the face of weakness and that theme that you really are digging into with this story, because I think all of us can relate to that, that Mm -hmm. there are times in our lives where the right thing to do, the thing we need to do requires courage and we feel too weak to even walk Mm -hmm. there. But then recognizing like with God, we can walk there because he's strong in our weakness Mm -hmm. and his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect when we are at our our weakest. All he asks is that we actually take that step of obedience Mm -hmm. and do that next thing right in front of us. So I think that's such an incredible theme to have woven into a story because I love how stories can show us these things Mm -hmm. instead of just telling us, you know, we can say this right now. Like this is such an important, powerful truth, but the story can like walk us through what that actually looks like. So for a a listener, a reader who is listening right now, I would say if you feel like, oh, I'm so weak and I don't know how to walk courageously, then maybe look and see how that theme is explored in this story, because it may just be that encouragement that you need to take the step of faith right in front of you. And then the other side of it with your other character dealing with the redemption arc, I think that's one of the most incredible things about our belief in Jesus, right, Mm -hmm. is that we get to know that he is the one who redeems the broken and and the lost and the sinner. And that story of redemption is one that I think resonates with every human soul, whether they want to acknowledge that it resonates or not, because we all know we need it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's such two incredibly powerful themes. And I love that. I love your passion behind them. And I love your excitement to share them and weave them into your story. This one, it sounds like you had written part of it and found that theme. And then you kind of came back to it and you wrote part of it, didn't realize you were writing that theme. Then you came back to it and realized it was there. Did you then like kind of intentionally weave the theme in? Or is that something 
something you do like after you finished your first draft, like come back and look and see what the theme might be in the story. Yeah, I'm very much in between an outliner and a discovery writer. Like I, they, however, whatever system I've come up with it, they marry together perfectly. And so there was a lot of outlining and kind of knowing the direction of the story, but so much of the themes and the little moments throughout the story come to me usually as I'm writing. And so that's something that I experienced a lot with this book is just praying over it every time I sat down to write it and then just allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of inform and guide and direct where that Mm -hmm. story went. And so it was one of the coolest experiences because I think this book was the most poignant experience of that for me of looking at it and being like, wow, God showed up in this. And like, look at all of the ways that he connected these themes that I may not have even fully realized. And I feel like that's the thing is I don't fully realize they're there as I'm writing them. Sometimes it takes that second eye to go back through and be like, whoa, like I didn't see this initially, but this is so cool how this all connects and even how these two parts connect to each other. And so, yeah, I think for me, it was like such a mix of both of like, there was a little bit of that guidance of like, okay, I think this is where this is going. This is how I'm going to weave it together. But then there was so much of like, just letting the Lord kind of do it because as it happened, it became more obvious and clear. What would you want your readers to take away from this book? I mean, obviously these themes are deep in there, but like if you could say, this is like my heart when someone picks up my book to read it, what would you say that is? Whether it's this one or any of your books? Yeah, I think there's a lot of little ones that are probably less clear that I always pray for, but I think ultimately like I want people to pick up the book and feel encouraged and feel like life is breathed into them again in a new way um, because they're Mm -hmm. able to either see the world or themselves or see the Lord in a new way that they never thought of before. Um, And so, yeah, I hope that by picking up this book, there's just so much life given to them in it of whether, like you're saying, whether it be strength and weakness or realizing that God is a God of redeeming everything, whether it be ourselves or even time or our, you know, past experiences, what have you, that they see the, the life-giving power of his presence and his word. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I think it's easy to pick up a book and see the name of an author and even follow them on Instagram or something. But then just to hear that heart of the author behind the words, it just, it brings the book to life in a new way, at least for me, you know, it's like, okay, this is like, the story means more than just Mm -hmm. a fun escape. Like this author has a heart that she wants to share with us behind it. So thank you for giving us a glimpse of that right now. So I would love to kind of talk a little bit more about you and your author journey and what brought you to this place and this series now. It sounds like you've been writing for quite some time, but what started you? What kind of kicked you off on this journey of being an author? Yeah, I think um, initially it was so funny because I think a lot of it was the romanticizing of it. Of, I was a huge reader. I loved words. I loved reading at a really young age. Um, I, I even loved like how words like came together to form sentences. Like at, as really little, I was homeschooled, and I remember my mom actually hiding my grammar workbook when I was little because I would do it super fat. Like I wanted to do that more than anything else, and she would actually oh, hide yeah. it. I'm like, no, you have to do math. You have to do science. Like you have to do the other <laughs> things as well. Um, and so, like I've always been obsessed with words and writing and reading. Um, and I remember before 13, I would like write little snippets and stories and things that just were in my head. Um, on loose leaf paper because I thought it was super romantic and very Joe March of me to have like loose leaf paper lying around with handwritten notes. Of course. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then I think, um, so the book that I'm writing currently, that was the one I wrote when I was 13 or 14. That was the first time I actually completed a book for the most part. Like I find it really funny that I never fully finished it. Like there was always one scene at the end that I could never write. And I think it's really cool now because finishing that story for real, I'll actually get to finish it for the first time. Yeah. So I basically wrote the entirety of it all but the last bit 
Um, and that was my first time experience writing an actual full work. And then, yeah, after that, I just fell in love with it and continued to write and practice and learn craft. And a lot of that was through short story format, partly because I, I just loved the exercise of I did writing prompts on my blog. And I think I have almost 100 now that I did over those wow. those years of like I would find a picture or a quote or something that would inspire a scene. And I would just write writing prompts that were about one to two thousand words long. Um, so I did that for years and years. And then I think it was around 17 that I discovered the novel marketing podcast and learned that indie publishing was an option and that you could, and I'm a huge DIY person. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can DIY my own book. What? <laughs> so yes. I basically went through the process of indie publishing my first book and it was a mess and I did not know what I was doing, but that's how I learned best is through being thrown headfirst into it and making lots of mistakes. Uh, and so, yeah, I at 17 and 18 was when I actually sat down and wrote a novel to publish. Like I knew nothing I'd written before was really good enough or like had the potential to sure. without a lot of work probably to actually publish it. <laughs> so I was like, I'm sitting down and I have this idea for a book and I'm going to write it and publish it. And so, yeah, I think it was a year and a half that between writing and publishing that I got that first book out into the world. And it's had a few revisions since then, but that, that is kind of what started it all off. Yeah. And then ever since then, I was like, after that first time as hard and frustrating and like overwhelming as it was, I was like, I love this and I want to keep doing this. Yeah, I love it. Also, I love the Novel Marketing Podcast as well. So if we have any listeners who are authors, I highly recommend that, 100%. <laughs> that podcast. <laughs> Thomas is fantastic and he provides amazing resources. So yes, I love that. Always have to give Thomas a shout out if I can. <laughs> so. 100%. That is what really kicked it off. And it's kind of, uh, you had a little break in there, but otherwise this has been what you've been wanting to do and doing since then, mm -hmm. I guess, huh? Yes. When you're not crafting your epic, exciting stories, what do you like to do? Yeah, I definitely love sewing kind of, as I said in my bio, I yeah. um, have kind of gotten to, I've been doing that also since I was like nine or 10. So that's the secondary thing that I've been doing most of my life. So it's at the point now where I love making like, high-end gowns. Um, I love making custom wedding dresses for clients. So like, that's one of my favorite things wow. to do. And that's kind of like a side business. But outside of that, we do the Glory Writers, which is a business that is a service provider, education and community center for Christian writers. So it's very, very big. And it's grown a lot in the last few years. Well, big to me because I'm the only person like who's in charge of it. So it feels like a lot because sure. it's like overwhelming. Uh -huh. But yeah, so that's kind of taking up the most of our time. We also launched a small press through Glory Writers. So we have the Glory Writers Press. Um, and wow. we have like four books coming out this fall with our press. And like I said, we offer the services and education and community through Glory Writers as a whole. So that's kind of the biggest time consuming thing that I do right now is running that business, like managing our team, managing services, all of that stuff. Sure. Yeah, that's a lot. And then on top of that, you also like going for hikes and surfing. Is that? Yes. Surfing? Yeah. <laughs> if I can travel anywhere. So I live on in the Great Lakes state in Michigan, okay. um, which is not the best surfing. You can do it, but that we don't have a tide. So it's a little bit more chill, but I've gotten to surf on both the West and the East coast. And I absolutely love surfing. I don't get to do it anywhere near as much as I would like. And yeah, I, I am most happy. Like a lot of people like traveling to cities. I am the most happy if I can travel uh -huh. to a forsaken part and part of the mountains or the ocean and be by myself like that or with close friends. Yes. Like that is my jam. I love sure. hiking in the mountains. I love like mountains and ocean. Oregon is one of my favorite places to visit because it has both and you get yes. to experience the coast along with mountains that then yeah, it's just my favorite place in the world. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it is. It's a gorgeous 
state. I've been there once and it was beautiful, such different scenery. So I'm on the East coast. So I've got more cities than mountains, (laughs) but uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. So yeah, many different hats that you wear and fun things that you like to do. So it's amazing that you find the time to also write great stories. So thank you for making sure you take the time to do that. It's hard to find the time. (laughs) I have to, I've learned that finding the time is kind of a misnomer. You have to make the time. So For sure. I know. I always like to say I wish I had a booster pack that added like seven hours to my day. But unfortunately, they (laughs) don't come with with this life. So, you know, we have our limited times. We have to make the time to do the things God's put on our hearts and the and do the work in front yeah. of us. So and that's yeah, always the thing. intentional yeah. focus. That's the thing that I say that I've been really encouraged by is I feel like the Lord was like, I've given you more than enough time to accomplish all mm-hmm. that I've called you to. Because I think it's really easy to get lost in that there's not enough time in the day and I don't know where I'm going to do all of this. And he just really encouraged me in that of like, no, I, if I've called you to do it, I will provide the time and the resources to do it. And I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about it so much anymore. Like it just takes so much of the pressure off, you know? Definitely. Yes. I love that. And I feel like he's just this year specifically for me, he's like, okay, just focus on the thing that is in front of you Mm -hmm. in that moment. And then, you know, work on that and then move to the next thing and stop trying to do everything at once. Cause that's, I'm, I'm a terrible multitasker, but I'm good at it because I can do multiple things at once, but it's, it's never, it's never healthy. It's never good for me. I'm much better if I focus on one task at a time. One more question before we wrap things up for today is where can readers find you and your books and even your dresses and all this kind of stuff that you do? Yeah. My like main spot is Instagram. So if you go to Victoria Lynn author at Instagram, that is where I spend the most time. My Instagram community is my jam. They're my people. And I love photography art and words. So Instagram marries those perfectly together. So that's where I'm the most active. I also have um, a blog and website called victorialinblog.com. Um, and you can find me there. And that's where you can also buy my books from me if you want them signed. Otherwise, they're on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited and Barnes and Noble and all the things. Wonderful. And we will include links to all of these places in the show notes so that people can find them there too. And Victoria Lynn, thank you for being on Read Clean YA with CJ. It was so wonderful to have you today. Yeah, absolutely. It was such a joy getting to be here. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Victoria Lynn. Victoria and I met through a mutual friend, and it was wonderful to chat with her, get to know her, and hear her heart behind her stories. Once I Knew is a captivating tale with depth, and it's a story that really dives deep into the thoughts and motivations of the characters. If you enjoy character-driven stories with lots of world-building and whimsical descriptions, I think you'll enjoy this book. As Victoria mentioned in the interview, it's a non-magical fantasy, and it definitely has a medieval feel to it. There is some minor violence in the story with characters in danger and some frightening encounters with dangerous soldiers. So if you're sensitive to those things, it might be helpful to have a trusted friend or parent read the story first or read it out loud with you. Victoria has also graciously agreed to be part of our epic Christmas giveaway, and she's including a copy of Once I Knew, book one in her series. So be sure to head over to the giveaway page and enter for your chance to win this book along with all the other amazing goodies in the Christmas giveaway. Next week, I'll be talking with young adult author Tim Shoemaker. 
This interview was so much fun for me, in part because I've admired Tim and his teaching for many years. He was one of the first teachers I heard at my first ever writer's conference, and things he taught then have stayed with me all of these years. So be sure to tune in next week for our chat. I think you'll have a great time listening in. Finally, I just want to say to my American listeners, Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a wonderful day enjoying a good meal and time with your family. But I know that that won't be the case for everyone. So if you are someone who finds the holidays extra difficult, please know I'm praying for you and feel free to reach out if you'd like. Thanks for listening, my friend. I hope you have a wonderful day. Can't wait to see you again next time.